now, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. All right. Is there any music or anything? I thought you were going to do that. Oh, no. <laughs> well, you said the song, so I didn't, I didn't know. What happened to the screen? Oh. Went away. <laughs> well, hey, everybody. This is what we call a Bible News Radio start fail, but that's all right. Hey, you know, we, we are here right now, and I can pull up a song really quick because... I can do that because I'm the boss of the show. Yeah, yeah, you are. Which explains why the show went wrong. That <laughs> falls on you, <laughs> boss lady. <laughs> it all falls on me. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, wait. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Where's the plug-in? Oh, wait. Hold on a second. I got it. Hold on. Hold on, people. She's working on it. <laughs> As you can tell by that static... Yeah, I hear that. Wait. There it is. I so need a haircut, you guys. <laughs> and he left. Well, which one do you want cut? I thought you were going to stay. Ouch. <clears throat> okay, so this is... This is Xander and Janine. If I can get my hair this way, people wonder what sort of gel or anything. I don't. It's just... Yes. wet i just comb it back and then this is what happens you're so handsome no maintenance well thank you i fall more in love with you every day yeah i do and i pray that you be rooted in a step you're gonna sing anyway well, you... <laughs> why not pick the song i guess well because i don't know the other song is that you wanted to do i thought you were gonna pull it up and I pray that you be rooted and established in love. And plus, I like to sing. Come on, Fairface, I thought you were going to sing this with me. Surpasses knowledge. Yeah, it does. 
built to the measure I'm going to tell them about when we were a musical group before we got married. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and high and deep is the love of Christ. And long and high. Yes, we are wannabes. <laughs> yeah, we are. And I would have it no other way than to have it that way. See, Janine is a lot younger than us, and her voice is like a high soprano. I used to be able to sing high soprano, but not anymore. I'm... My voice has gotten lower as I've gotten older. Uh, anyway. <clears throat> so, good evening, people. I <laughs> am glad you're here. Hey, tonight Randall is going to teach you from the Word of God. Yeah, wait, hold, be more dramatic if I held up the Word of God, right? So tonight Randall is going to teach you from the Word of God. Yeah, he is. Um, and he's going to talk to you about, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Out of John chapter 21, right? Is that right? That, that's correct. Okay. Yeah, I did um, look at John chapter 20 last week. The lessons from the undead. And so uh, I was going to think, well, I'll do, you know, kind of like do fresh bread. But I thought. I so wanted to go on in the book, uh, in the gospel, last week. And so I thought, why not? So it's Lessons by the Campfire. Nice. Mm -hmm. so, uh, so I thought I would just stop in and say hi. Hey, people. And, um, you know, encourage you to listen to Randall. Because, you know, he is he's so godly. <laughs> he... he <laughs> he knows the from word. a distance <laughs> he knows god's word super good well yeah he uh, does uh, well not super well but well and uh yeah here's a fun fact though about bareface and me so when randall and i were dating um randall arranged a song for me that i wrote i wrote a song called you are my strength we call it Yams. You can actually go listen to it on YouTube. Just put in my name, Stacy Harp, and you are my strength. And it not will come. Yams. Yeah, and you'll you'll come. You'll be able to hear it. And if you're a long time viewer listener, you've already heard it because you know a timer twelve. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so at the time I was calling churches, doing some fundraising, and I was talking to all these pastors. You know, after I got through the gatekeeper, which was not hard for me. Yeah. It's a gift. Um, who knew back then I would be doing this? But anyway, and I had some of these pastors say, hey, what do you do? And I said, well, you know, kind of write some songs and blah, blah. And they're like, hey, do you come and sing at churches? And I'm like, sure. Yeah, why not? I swear, what is so funny about this, truly hilarious, actually, is that 
is that these these pastors and there was more than one right randall uh yes yeah they invited me and randall to come and sing at their church without so much as a demo tape without a demo tape without of course any... there's nothing online right the year was 91 90 91 with zero proof <laughs> i still laugh at this because this is still one of the funniest that we could sing they, they had zero proof that we could do anything except that i said we could <laughs> and, and, and back then you know i was these were desperate congress <laughs> none of them in tennessee of course because no. that's not an issue here <laughs> finding musical performers in middle tennessee especially in the I, greater nashville area to, not a problem to, i have to say that when i look back at my life that is honestly one of the funniest parts of <laughs> so anyway randall and i got booked right we we i booked us yeah. to go to go sing at these churches and the name of our group which was randall and me this was before we were married it was before we were married right yes. yeah yeah we named ourselves joyfully yours and um so yeah there's we have a yeah this is little harp trivia by the way it was pre-harp trivia right half <laughs> so, harp trivia so we we went to this one church uh and and this what was yeah but this this one church they were doing their closing night the, the pastor was retiring they had just no be, it was the couple that was, was the couple yeah a couple that was okay. going on a long-term mission project or something like that they were well anyway whatever anyway this poor couple got me and randall as their their closing act entertainment <laughs> but it was it was at the height of a woman named michelle wagner who um she had written a song called you're beautiful and she uh i really believe that she could have been another amy grant or uh twyla paris or something if she had stayed in the game and done this her music was so is. i think she opted not to sell her soul for the music business yeah but anyway so <clears throat> her song you're beautiful so i had the demo track because way back in the day i mean way back in the day brian christian stores all these things in the you, early 90s yeah you could you could go and get a cassette tape of the music to the, the famous the songs. backing tracks it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of like karaoke before there was karaoke in the u.s but. yeah so anyway i went and i got michelle wagner's tape you're beautiful like a diamond in the sun you're so beautiful and you're <laughs> i can't remember the rest. Bright. anyway so i sang that no problem <clears throat> pretty good but then well but that was well, we'd done some songs prior to that. Our monitor was a just a one speaker up on the ceiling, yeah, and we could not hear ourselves. Not at all. Because we had a, a live guitar, same yep. guitar you still have. It was my guitar. And I was playing um, uh, keyboard. Yeah. Yeah. Some some of it was live playing. Some of it was sequenced playing, because mm -hmm. some of the parts were uh, sequenced, um, and I have. Big old 386SX computer with a big CRT monitor up there and stuff to run the sequencing software. Hey, it was 1990, people. 
But anyway, because we couldn't hear, we couldn't. You, you know, the the, the sounds going through the 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 keyboard sound was going through the house. The guitar sound was was going through the house, but also here on stage and our voices, and we couldn't hear ourselves. And there times we stop, and the keyboard part would like still be playing or something. So we were out of timing. Time. Because we couldn't hear, and so this is this is awful. And we kept telling the guy to you know turn up the the monitor, and and he just I don't know had problems doing that. And so we got to the last thing, which was this tape, and I thought, well, I thought, well, at least we can redeem ourselves. This one will be in time because it's just a cassette. He'll play it. We don't have any on stage <laughs> instruments that'll keep us from hearing what's going on. You know, we won't have the guitar playing and, you know, Dave will just be able to hear the track and the monitor, just her own voice to deal with. But anyway, so then I thought this is it. One song at least, you know, be in time, we'll redeem ourselves. And the guy starts it like a few seconds in and with a... And then it starts the intro and I'm like... And and here's here's the worst part. And I'm thinking, good night. Here, uh, one 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 chance, one song to yeah. come out semi decent and. And not only that, but this was a packed church. Yeah, because it was this, this going was away party for this. Packed. Mm. We were there. Okay, and we went, and, and it's probably a good thing I don't remember the name of this church, but we went with the belief that they were going to take up a love offering for us and pay us something. It's a good thing we didn't have to pay them to get out of their life. <laughs> I know, right? Well, but we went. What, we went what, to their reception thing afterward for this couple. There's a they had a potluck kind of thing going on for him. Well, well, what I remember is they didn't pay us anything. They didn't take not up. Not surprising. A, they didn't take up. <laughs> it had nothing to do with us, though. But um, <clears throat> but yeah, yeah, that that. 20, what, 30 years ago? Something like that. And, you know, just so you know, so I've been asked, well, why don't you sing in church? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? When they're done that, <laughs> burned the t-shirt. <laughs> no, there were there were some that went all right. We did, yeah, we did, we did a couple. I think we did a, a three, a three church tour. I think that was it. We did. So, at the beginning of this show, when I sing, it's just because I can control everything. I can control the audio. (laughs) Not necessarily how high I can sing. But anyway, to all of you who have appreciated my vocal ability, you know, I have, I will tell you, I know I'm a good singer, okay? Because when I was in high school, I was one of the very first people to sing at the Mission Inn in Riverside, California. I was a freshman in high school. They advanced me to chamber singers, which only went to 11th grade. Uh, Only 11th grade and higher could do it. So I was singing as a freshman because I have a great voice. (laughs) And And I'm not saying, oh, look at me. I'm so great. I have such a great voice. I've just been told my whole life, you got such a beautiful voice. In fact, one of the best compliments I ever got, and it made me laugh really hard, was <clears throat> from my friend Marguerite. Because um, Randall and I cut a CD a number of years ago of all my music. 
that I had written, and then we sold it to everybody at our church. <laughs> and Not I, everybody. Yeah, but... and I and I gave I gave copies away um, to some people, but my friend Marguerite, the very first time she heard me sing, she said to me, "She's like, that's you." I go, uh huh, and she's like. So you sound so soft and sweet. Excuse there. me, I've got a dog to Nothing get up on like my lap. Nothing like your normal self. I go, well, well, yeah, yeah, I guess so. You know, I guess because when you know me and I'm mad and angry all the time and just want to bite your head off, telling you I'm going to punch you in the face, you know, that type of thing. Had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder. It was probably about that high at the time. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, but then... Get me, get, get me a guitar, and I start singing my song. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it's like, wow, that's you? And I'm like, apparently. <laughs> so, so it's funny. I'm just going to share this and then be quiet. It's funny because God really, after I became a Christian, God gave me the desire to learn guitar. So I taught myself how to play guitar. And not well, but I still, you know, learned basic chords. And then I started writing songs after I, I would learn a chord and I would write a song because I learned a new chord. So I'd, I'd be like C and then G and then A and then E minor and A minor. And then, you know, I, I could never really get the bar chords. Those just hurt my fingers too much. But, but God really used that to heal me of stuff so I could get my feelings out about stuff. And, and uh, anyway... So yeah, so that's why I don't sing in church. I don't even sing in the choir. And and people have asked, why don't you sing in the choir? And I'm like, nope, <laughs> not doing it. I will sing here, and this is the only place I will sing, people. But anyway, uh, so uh, yeah, so that's a little backstory. All right, so Randall's going to go ahead, and he is going to teach out of John 21. I am going to get to a meeting I am now 20 minutes late for but nobody will care, um, and I have to get to another meeting after that. Not my fault. So, it's not your fault. I know, but isn't it funny to talk about? Yeah. Because I don't think that many people know that story. Yeah. But we had everything. We had the name. Yep. Randall was We like, had the photos. We did, I, and I could probably go find one. Oh. <laughs> Me sitting on your lap Jeez. with the guitar. What? Yeah. Um, what? We had our big red... I had my glasses. Mm -hmm. Randall had his big, huge glasses. You yep. know, uh, and you know what we had back then that we don't we don't have now. Youth. We had youth, but we didn't have any common sense. We just thought, hey, people asked us to do this. Good <laughs> yep. <Get> experience. <laughs> if people asked us now to do it, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure I would. Now, though, you know what I want I don't to know do what's now? In this room. I just feel like the strong urge to give a speech. <laughs> well. I just have this. I want to stand and speak. Right now? So, not right now, but, you know, it's just like for the last three weeks, I've just, I just want to stand and give a speech. So I'm going to practice my speaking ability by, by standing at some point, and I'm going to give you a, a speech so you've been warned. <laughs> Yeah, you have. You have, have to tell yourself to be bold and stand up. 
I'm so short though. See, that's the thing I think that surprises most people when they meet me because I'm such a large haired person. When you meet me in person, I'm 5'4", okay? I'm short. I'm a short, little wide little woman, <laughs> you know? I play good pickleball, but I am short. And so Randall is 6'1", and I'm 5'4". I'm so he's almost a foot taller than me. <laughs> so anyway, but he loves me. I might be short. 5'13". Yeah, there you go. All right, anyway, so you have a good rest of your show. I got to get to my meeting. I'm already 20 minutes late for. Um, right. Nobody's going to care because it's just one of these ones. Just sneak in the back. It's a training meeting. Um, and I'll see you soon. See you tomorrow. Oh, wait, before I leave, happy Hanukkah. It's still Hanukkah. And don't forget, if God lays it on your heart to donate to Bible News Radio, you can do that at our website. Okay, that's it. See you later. All right, people. Is that going here? Is this thing on? This thing is on. Cool. All right. So, last week we looked at John chapter twenty, and so because I just uh, wanted to move along, we're going to look in John chapter twenty-one, the last chapter of John's gospel. Yochanan, if you want to get uh, all well. Get all Hebrew about it, which we're going to because I'll be looking again at the, the translation I'll be using tonight is the Scriptures uh, 2009 edition from the Institute for Scripture Research, I believe it is. Um, all right, so the Bible, of course, as you know, as I've told you many, many times, is the only book that comes with its author, so it's important that we seek the author for understanding and come with the reverence that uh, this great opportunity um, has, and it has for us. So let's pray. God, you're the almighty God, worthy of every glory and honor and blessing and power and praise. We acknowledge that every good and perfect gift comes from you, and uh, one of those wonderful gifts is this, your word, uh, which has been preserved through the ages and translated into our own native language, uh, that we might receive blessing from it, equipping for righteousness, that we might be equipped for every good work. Uh, we pray that you would give us ears to hear, eyes to see, spirits that are sensitive uh, to the leading of your spirit, that we might receive all that you have for us. We offer this time to you, to use as you will, for our good and for your glory, we ask in the name of Yeshua, our Messiah. All right, then. I suppose I should launch the Periscope broadcast on another tab, because we can't see comments in the, in the producer uh, side of things. All right, so. I'm going to pull up the my presentation here somewhere. There it is. Stand by. I'm titling the study, Do You Love Me? Lessons by the Campfire, from Yohanan, or John, chapter 21. And we read, 
in verses 1 through 3. Oh, we've got the straight quotation mark out there. And uh, the it's getting cut off here. Let me see if I can bring the slide in so we can see all the text. Stand by. All right, that's better. So the chapter begins after this, Yehoshua, that is, a.k.a. Jesus, manifested himself again to the top ones at the Sea of Kinneret, and he manifested this way. Shimon Kepha and Tamah, called the twin, and Nethanel of Cana and Galil, the sons of Zedai, and two others of his top ones were together. Shimon Kepha said to them, I am going to fish. They said to him, We are also coming with you. And they went out immediately, went out and immediately entered into the boat, and that night they caught none at all. Now why do I call this the attempted return to the comfort zone? Well, if you're familiar with the Gospels at all, the apostles, many of them, at least Kepha uh, or Peter and, and James and John, they were fishermen by trade. And, and uh, the, the Savior, the Messiah, Yehoshua, Yeshua, Jesus, uh, called them into a life of ministry, and we'll look at that in a little bit. So they left their boats, they left their nets, the Gospels tell us, and they went and they began to follow uh, Yeshua, and he equipped them for ministry and had them doing ministry, uh, beginning with feeding people, later to casting out demons, healing the sick, um, preaching the good news, um, you know, in and around the Holy Land. And now it has come to the point, this is after we looked at um, chapter 20, uh, after the Lord, uh, Yehoshua had been crucified and buried, and he rose again, and he manifested himself to them in a room with the doors being shut, uh, etc., but this has become a little bit difficult for some of them. I mean, this think about it. I mean, here you have your hope in Messiah. This is the one who's going to save uh, Israel, and and you know this is the promised Messiah. It didn't turn out quite like you expected it, even though he told them for you know leading up to his death that he was going to die and that he was going to rise again and. And he upbraided those two disciples on the road to Emmaus, that if they had known the scriptures, that they would have known what to expect, that uh, Messiah was supposed to suffer and die and then rise again the third day. Um, but nonetheless, they were not prepared for it. And so it was just too much to take in. Not only uh, it didn't turn out the way they wanted, but um, when uh, Yeshua was on trial... Uh, Kepha, Peter, was saying, you know, had denied the Lord, even knowing him. And, um, and now to know that he's alive and has appeared, and and it's like, 
wow, you know, it's just a lot going on, too much for him to take in. And so he attempts to go back to what's familiar. How many of us do that, you know? When we get into a situation that's uncomfortable, that's unfamiliar, uh, that we'll look for, you know, look for something that's familiar. When we're in an unfamiliar situation, we'll look for something that's familiar. You know, try to try to get some control in our life by, um, you know, turning some that we feel like we have control over. At least we're familiar with it. Then, good evening, uh, Mary Henry. Good to see you over there on Facebook. And Cutie Lady is over there on Periscope. And uh, Anonymous Watchers on uh, YouTube and Twitch. Uh, be sure to pop something in the chat room just so I can say hello to you at some point. Anyway, so uh, Kefa and the others, because we see others went with him, you know, he's found himself in this, this very unfamiliar territory, and it's a lot to take in. So he attempts to go back to what's familiar. You know, he used to be a fisherman. Before he started following the Lord, uh, he was a fisherman. And so it's, you know, here he is. Things are just overwhelming, um, unfamiliar. I don't know how to deal with this, but I know how to deal with that. I'm going to go back to that. And... Not that this is sin, per se. It's not immoral to fish. But I think that happens in the life of believers sometimes, that there is some uh, pet sin that's familiar or just uh, something that's non-productive, non-spiritually productive, that when they get into a situation that's unfamiliar and overwhelming and it's just like, wow, this is just a... This is a little too far in my spiritual walk. You know, this is, requires too much faith, and this is a little too scary. And and then we'll go back to something that's familiar in trying to get some, um, you know, control uh, back in your life, some sense of normalcy. But uh, it doesn't work. It, it wasn't. It's no longer fruitful. Um, our our pastor day was in Romans chapter six, and there's that um, where is that um, I'm trying to think of the verse number, but um, Paul asked the the readers, you know, what what fruit did you have then of in the things of which you were now ashamed? Speaking specifically of sinful things, though, but looking back, they weren't fruitful then; they're they're less fruitful now. So, so he said, you know, I'm, I'm going fishing, and then Thomas and Nathaniel, the sons of Zebedee, they joined him as well, and you know, we're also coming with you, and they went out immediately, <laughs> they went out and immediately entered the boat, it's like, they couldn't get there fast enough, hey, I'm just going to get back to fishing, but it was unfruitful. But when it became early morning, they've been fishing at night, you know, because that's the time to fish, especially there on the uh, Sea of Galilee for the particular fish they went after that would be, you know, near, closer to the surface at nighttime. 
Anyway, but they went there and so caught nothing. When it became early morning, Yehoshua stood on the beach. However, the top ones did not know that it was Yehoshua. Then Yehoshua said to them, Children, and I love that, Children, you have any food? They answered him, No. And he said to them, Throw the net on the right side of the boat, and you shall find. So they threw, and they were no longer able to draw it in because of the large number of fish. Um, I don't know if the Lord was really trying to uh you know you know razz them a little bit or was a was a very sincere kind of thing which is children uh uh technion in the greek but it's a it's um you know it's like little children you know little boys um so it could have been an endearing thing it could have been a little bit of um i don't know uh, i don't want to say jab but i hope you know what i'm trying to say but, hey, do you have any food? And he doesn't ask if he has any, if they have any fish, if they have any food. And I think that's even more significant. Um, you know, like, do you have anything at all? Was, was your trip out on the lake at night, going back to what was familiar, did it, do you have anything at all? Did anything come out of it? Maybe you didn't catch any fish. Maybe you caught a few flies, you know, if they were going by or you know maybe somebody had you know a, uh, an old sandwich or a piece of bread do you, do you have any food at all with you he said no and he says well you know cast your net on the right side of the boat you know because the right side of the boat is so much better than the left side of the boat anyway it says they were not able to draw the nets in uh, for the multitude of fish uh, flashback you know this Reminds me of something uh, similar from the past. Uh, when they were uh, fishermen by occupation. Uh, this from Luke chapter 5. So going years back from John chapter 21. And it came to be while the crowd was pressing upon him. That would be Yehoshua, Yeshua, Jesus to hear the word of Elohim, that he stood by the lake of Gennesar, and he saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them, and they were fishing, and they were washing their nets, because it was daytime, you know, they had, they had uh, fished at night, and so, uh, daytime, they had, you know, uh, beached their boats, landed their boats, and uh, were washing the nets. And entering into one of the boats, which belonged to Shimon, Simon, uh, Peter, uh, he asked him to put, to pull away a little from the land. And he sat down and was teaching the crowds from the boat. And when he had ceased speaking, he said to Shimon, Pull out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Shimon answering said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught none, but at your word, I shall let down the net. And when they did so, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking, and they, they motioned uh, to their partners in the other boat to come help them. And they came and filled both the boats 
so that they were sinking. And when Shimon Kepha saw it, he fell down at the knees of Yehoshua, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O master. So here's a professional fisherman, not a good night for fishing, had caught nothing uh, in washing the nets uh, the following day, or in the morning, whatever. Or maybe reckoning to be the same day, because the day begins at sundown. That was for free. Anyway, uh, the Lord comes, sits in a boat, says, hey, <laughs> take me out a little ways. Like, sure, why not? And, you know, he teaches, when he finishes teaching, he says, okay, you know, we're just out a little bit from then. Go, go out in the deep, go out a little bit farther in the water and let down your nets for a catch. And he's like, um, we were there all night, you know, when the fish come to the top and, and we didn't get anything during the night. I mean, it doesn't make sense now in the daytime to uh, let down the nets for a catch. But, hey, you're you're a nice, holy man. I can see you've got these crowds around you that you're teaching. And, you know, you're well-liked. And so, yeah, whatever. For, for a good show, because you said so, sure, why not? I'll put down the nets. And, of course, they fill up more than that boat can take on. And his response is, depart from me, for I am a sinful man. Um, you know, when there's something about being in the presence of holiness that makes us aware of our sin. Um, probably not so much anymore, but the... The Dutch had an expression uh, when when there was an odd uh, pause in conversation, like, you know, people are just talking about whatever and just uh, shooting the breeze, and all of a sudden there's just, some, just an awkward silence. Uh, someone would say, and I don't speak Dutch, so I'm not going to even uh, attempt to pronounce it, but translate would be a minister walked by or a preacher walked by, and that's you know, offered up as a way to explain the silence. That's why people would be quiet, because they'd be having a normal earthly conversation. And if a preacher walks by, then, you know, you know, if you can't say anything good, don't say anything at all. Uh, even though a preacher had not walked by, it's just, just a custom, you know, to interrupt an awkward silence with saying a preacher walked by, as if to explain, you know, is a cause a reason for the uh, awkward silence. Anyway, so a similar reaction with um, Peter here, with Kepha here. He's like, "Depart from me, for I am a, for I am a man, a sinner, O Master. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just a regular guy. I'm a sinner. Obviously, you're not a regular guy." Um, you know, you're bringing fish up out of the deep and yeah, and I'm, I'm just a regular guy beyond that. I'm a sinner as well. Um, you don't want to hang around with my kind. So that's the way it was back then, uh, when Peter was actually a fisherman by, well, by vocation, by calling. Um, uh, but he was soon to getting another calling and I've put that down 
tiny print at the bottom because I want to get it all in the slide. And Jehoshua said to them, Come follow me, and I shall make you fishers of men. Uh, that was a new calling. And it, by the way, that's the etymology of vocation, like vocal, it's calling, it's, it's a calling too. And the Lord's calling was, Come follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. He had a new vocation. And just so you know, Romans 11.29, For the gifts and calling of Elohim are not to be repented of. Uh, so his attempt to return to the comfort zone in John chapter 21 was not going to be fruitful uh, because the, the gifts and the calling of Elohim, that vocation, are, are not to be repented of. But he tried that. And that's, that's on a side note. I never understood the people that used to be a Christian, like the Michael Shermers of the world, the famous skeptic, you know, the gifts and the calling of God are not to be repented of. Um, if, if the Holy Spirit has come into your life, I don't see it just, I don't see it possible to walk away from that, to walk away from a relation, uh, uh, ship with, with the Lord. I mean, if, if you've, now, Hebrews chapter 6, some say that it's people who lose their salvation. But I've gone through that before. I'll spare you the details now of the Greek language there. But it speaks of people who have been familiar with um, the fellowship of the saints. Not necessarily partakers of it, but experienced it and to fall away. For them, it's hard to renew them to repentance because they've, they've tasted it, they've seen it. Um, you can't present the gospel again to them. Um, you know, nothing's impossible with God, but, you know, to renew them to repentance because, you know, they had it, you know, within reach and didn't take it. So, um, anyway... The, the apostles here, true believers, know that they're uh, you know, recipients of the Holy Spirit. Uh, because even though they tried to uh, go back to what was familiar, the old calling as fishermen, uh, it didn't work out. And we see Cephas, or Peter's, response this time. Before, when a miraculous catch of fish, he's like, Depart from me. I'm a man. I'm a sinner, O Master. I'm not the... You want to make distance from me. Now let's go back to John chapter 21, picking up verse 7. That taught one whom Yeshua loved, then said to Kepha, It is the Master. Then Shimon Kepha, hearing that it was the Master, put on his outer garment, for he was stripped, and plunged into the sea, not to drown himself, <laughs> but to swim to shore. And the other taught ones came in the little boat, for they were not far from land, but about 200 cubits, dragging the net with fish. So when they had come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid on it, and bread. Yehoshua said to them, Bring some of the fish which you have now caught. Shimon Kepha went up and dragged the net to land, filled with 153 big fishes. And though there were so many, the net 
was not broken. So much going on here. This is not the same man. This is not the man without the Holy Spirit. It's the depart from me. I'm, I'm a man. I'm sinful. Uh, make your distance. This is a guy that jumps into the water. That's uh, a master. He's here. I'm, you know, it's the Lord. I'm gonna. I'm forget. I don't have time to float the boat back there and drag the fish. I'm jumping. I'm swimming to shore uh, to get to him. And so, and. I love that when the gather says, bring some of the fish which you've caught. There was already fish on there. He didn't need, uh, the Lord was not in need of fish. Um, uh, and as we know, he could have he could have manufactured them. I mean, he put coins in the mouth of a fish. You know, he could raise the dead and give sight to the blind, uh, etc. Coming up with a few fish is not a problem for the creator of the universe. Uh, just saying. But he invites them to participate in this meal. You know, a meal is a big thing of fellowship, especially in the Middle East. And so he says, bring some of the fish which you have now caught. Um, and, um, yeah, we'll, we'll stop there. But, you know, he invites them to be part of the, you know, he, they bring something to the fellowship. He's not in need of it, but invites them to bring. And I'm going to go on about salvation and evangelism. We don't save anybody. It's the Lord who saves, but he part asks us to participate in that work. He could do it without us, but chooses to use us. And that's a whole nother sermon on uh, evangelism. But let's uh, go back to this text. And I like it this time, before the nets were breaking back, before their new calling, when their occupation was fishermen, but now when they become fishers of men and and tried to return to that, um, when they were obedient to letting down the net on the right side of the boat. I noticed, although, and though there were so many fish, that is, the net was not broken. Um when they are in relationship with the Lord and, and obey, uh, his, his instruction, uh, then, then the net doesn't break. Last time it was breaking, they, they obeyed him, but they were not in relationship with him. They saw his miracle, but they didn't have the wherewithal to contain it. Totally, you know, they, they, the nets were breaking and they put them in the fish, they put them in the boats and the two boats started to sink, etc. A different kind of thing here. They were able to drag the net to the land and the net was not broken even though there were so many fish. I think there's, I think there's a lesson in there that um, when we're in relationship with the Lord and we hear his voice and we're one of his, a follower of Messiah, a follower of Christ, and he calls us to do things, and we're obedient, uh, we should expect the miraculous, that normally a net would break with so many fish, but it's not going to break. Um, you know, there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey, uh, that he'll work it out. He'll uh, work out uh, the miracle. So, anyway, so... That's his response now. Before it was, hey, get away from me. And now it's he just jumps and swims to shore uh, to be with the Lord. 
So picking up verse 12, Yehoshua said to them, come have breakfast. And not one of the taught ones had the courage to ask him, who are you? Knowing that it was the master. Yehoshua came and took the bread and gave it to them. And the same with the fish. This was now the third time Yehoshua was manifested to his taught ones after he was raised from the dead. And, you know, I'm titled the slide, the slide, the master still serves. That's even though he's the master he's and the risen Lord, he's setting an example by serving them. He gives the fish to them. He gives um, the bread to them. Uh, he's prepared it for them. He invites them to a meal and serves them. He says, hey, bring some of what you've done. Bring some of the fish that you've now caught. Uh, but he's still there, uh, the one providing. And and they said, not one of them dared ask who was he, because you know, they knew it was him. So that tells me there's something about his resurrected body uh, that wasn't the same as his body, his mortal body, uh, before he went to the cross. There is something... You know, because we look back, uh, Miriam uh, of Magdala, she didn't recognize him at first. The two disciples on the road to Emmaus didn't recognize him at first. So there's something um, about the the resurrection body, the immortal body, that's different from the earthly mortal body, but still they recognized him, uh, not so much by the way they looked, but by how he presented himself. And I tend to think that that's the way it'll be for us, that the body that we'll have for eternity, our resurrection body, won't be uh, quite like what we have now, that you would recognize it one for one, but who we are, you know, we are not our bodies. We have a body right now, and we're going to have another body later. Um, but who we are, our soul is still who we are. And so that will be recognizable. All right. I digress. So the title of this study, do you love me? Look at parts one and two. When therefore they had eaten breakfast, uh, Yehoshua said to Shimon Kepha, Shimon, son of Yonah, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, Yes, Master, you know that I love you. And he said to him, Feed my lambs. And he said to him again the second time, Shimon, son of Yonah, do you love me? And he said to him, Yes, Master, you know that I love you. He said to me, Shepherd my sheep. Now, a couple of things I want to point out. One, the first instruction is feed my lambs. And I like this translation. They preserve that lambs. It's talking about younger ones, and it's feeding them. Um, of course, he's speaking metaphorically. Uh, we know that uh, Yehoshua, Jesus, didn't have any flocks, literal flocks, but he often spoke of his flock and his sheep and him himself as the good shepherd and the door, uh, etc., um, talked about how many flock in a fold, etc. I'm talking about feed my lambs. These are young ones. These would be uh, 
young believers, new believers, uh, new converts, new followers. He wants, he's speaking to Kepha, Kepha, excuse me, and instructing him to feed my lambs that they need to grow. And uh, not surprising that uh, Kepha would write in his uh, epistle many years later to desire the pure milk of the word. Um, as you know, feeding um, young ones, and then the second time he says, "Shepherd my sheep." Uh, you know, shepherd is different. To shepherd is different than feed. Shepherd is to like a, a shepherd watching a flock is to watch over them, uh, guide them, protect them from predators, that kind of thing, and, and to guide them along. And sheep, there of course, is not the uh, new believers, it's the adults, you know, instead of the lambs, it's the sheep. Not that the lambs not, not need uh, shepherding, but they need to be fed. Uh, adults should be able to feed themselves, <laughs> both sheep and uh, human beings, and believers in Messiah. Um, they need shepherding, we all need a shepherd. Uh, we have the great shepherd, but in a body of believers, it's important to have a shepherd. And we could look at all the epistles and the pastoral epistles and things like that. Don't want to get too far off track. But um, uh, feeding lambs and shepherding sheep is important. Uh, the second thing I wanted to point out is that um, the language here, even though it's not a great translation, and I'll get to that moment, um, it's not an ideal translation. It does pick up on this idea that uh, he said to him, uh, you know, Yehoshua said to Shimon Kepha, do you love me more than these? And then he said to him again, the second time, Shimon, son of Yonah, do you love me? All right. Part three. He said to him the third time, Shimon, son of Yonah, do you love me? Kepha was sad because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Master, you know all. You know that I love you. Yehoshua said to him, feed my sheep. Uh, so there are times, you know, the sheep need to be fed. They haven't learned to feed themselves. Anyway, truly, truly, or amen, amen, literally, I say to you that when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished, but when you are old, you shall stretch out your hands, and another shall gird you and bring you where you do not wish. Now, sadly, well, at least they were in the Word, but I've, heard sermons that suggested that Peter was grieved a third time because um, he denied the Lord three times when he was asked if he knew the Lord. He said, no, I don't know him. And then he eventually, he, with cursing, he says, I don't know the man. You know, like, leave me the freak alone. Um, basically, um, rough, rough <laughs> translation. Um, and so, you know, Peter asked, or Yehoshua asked, him three times, do you love me? And he's, oh, do you have to ask me three times? But again, that language, 
is, is very important and why they picked it up in the English but didn't do it all the way and you know what I mean in a moment but uh, Yehoshua asked Kepha, uh do you love me more than these and he said to him again the second time do you love me um and he said the third time, it doesn't say again the third time, because he didn't say the same thing again. The third time was different, which grieved Peter. So to get an understanding of more of the dynamics here, we have to look at the Greek language. And I'm not going to put the full Greek text up, but I'm going to put in the key, uh, the key words for you here. The first time Yeshua asks um, Kepha, he says... Agape sme, um, you know, we're talking about agape love that we read about in First Corinthians chapter thirteen. You know that love bears all things, hopes all things, believes all things. Agape love, agape sme. Do you love me? This unconditional, you know, divine kind of love, a godly type of love, unconditional love. Agape sme. Do you have unconditional love for me? And Kepha responds, Lord, you know that philose, I have fond affection for you. I like you. <laughs> I like you a lot. You know, I have fond affection for you. The second time, again the second time, Yehoshua asks, Agape Sme, do you have unconditional love for me? Kepha responds, Philose, I I have fond affection for you. The third time, Yehoshua asked, not again the second time, the third time, Yehoshua asked, Feles me, me? Do you have fond affection for me? Do you like me? And Kepha says, Lord, Master, you know all things. You know, Philose. You know that I have fond affection for you. And so to put this uh, all in context, um, with a, I think a little closer translation, um, and and I need to retitle this. Yeah, I do. Um, oh, come on. Yeah, all right. Hold on. Technical difficulties, please stand by. All right. So, um, I should use this opportunity to pop back out here and see if I'm missing any comments. Then feed my sheep. That's right. All right. Facebook people. Hey there, hi there, ho there. All right. I see people watching. I see those numbers, but I guess you're also fascinated by the the content that uh, <laughs> you're not participating. All right. So anyway, back to the text. So if we look at that conversation with an understanding of the words that are used there, and I don't know if they were speaking Greek. They might have been speaking Aramaic. Um, Yehoshua spoke Greek, as we know, and Latin. And um, and the Hebrew Aramaic, uh, we see that in the 
in the scriptures and that the the three languages were common as uh, evidenced on the um the quote charges uh above the cross anyway so let's look at you let me parts one through three with this understanding the conversation more like this when therefore they had eaten breakfast Yehoshua said to Shimon Kepha, Shimon, son of Yonah, do you love me more than these? He said to them, Yes, master, you know that I like you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to him again, the second time, Shimon, son of Yonah, do you love me? He said to them, Yes, master, you know that I like you. He said to him, Shepherd my sheep. He said to him the third time, Shimon, son of Yonah, do you like me? Kepha was sad because he said to him the third time, do you like me? And he said to him, Master, you know all. You know that I like you. Yehoshua said to him, Feed my sheep. So even when you know, he was asked, do you love me? Do you have this agape love for me? And his response was, yeah, you know that I like you. That was good enough. But still, he was given a command. He didn't have to be in sacrificial, unconditional love of the Lord in order to serve the body. The fact that he had fond affection for the Lord was satisfactory. The Lord didn't say, well, work on this. Until you love me, I have no use for you. Until you have a sacrificial love for me, then you don't have a part in my kingdom. You know, work on that, and then when you're up to speed, and that you love me as you ought to love me, uh, then I'll see if, you know, we can put you to work or make use of you. But no. Uh, Shimon, son of Yonah, do you do you love me? Yeah, yeah, Lord, you know you know that I like you. Well, okay, feed my lambs. Uh, Shimon, son of Yonah, do you love me? Like, yeah, Lord, you know that I like you. <laughs> Shepherd my sheep. Shimon, son of Yonah, do you like me? It's like. Lord, not just that you know that I like you, he says you know all. I mean, all is is naked before you. I nobody can put one over on you. I mean, you you can see through me. Not Lord, you know that I like you. He's the Lord, you know all. I I I got what I got. This is this is all I can this is all I can come with right now. This is all I have to offer. All I have to offer. Lord, you know all you know that i like you that's what i can muster up right now and then the response feed my sheep um which is you know almost a, a greater responsibility when you look at the lambs versus sheep feeding this feeding the lamb shepherding shepherding the sheep and then when it's hey, all I've got is is I like you a whole bunch. I do I'm I'm 
I haven't been growing in the grace and knowledge of the Messiah long enough to say that, yeah, I love you unconditionally. I'm, I'm getting there. I like you a whole lot. And then, okay, feed my sheep. Um, you know, it's almost a greater responsibility to feed sheep rather than feeding lambs. You know, you, for feeding lambs, you've got Awana and, uh, or maybe New Believers Bible Studies, stuff like that. Shepherding sheep, sheep ought to be able to feed themselves. But when you got to feed the sheep, um, then, you know, that's that seems like a, a greater responsibility. I don't know, I could be wrong. But that charge, given that responsibility, comes after his his just surrender if you will lord you know all i'm you know all i mean i'm not this is what it is when i say i like you a whole lot that's that's what i got and and with that that is that is satisfactory well we're five minutes after eight so we'll skip the last um uh, a few verses of the chapter dealing with his future and what about John and, you know, if, yeah, thinking he wasn't going to die and all that. That's a whole other thing. Um, we'll just wrap it up here. What I hope the, the lessons that come out of this, the lessons uh, by the campfire, are, first of all, that if if the Lord, if you've chosen to follow him, uh, you've received Messiah as your Lord and your Savior, you've accepted the free gift of eternal life, then when you get into an uncomfortable spot and you try to return to something B.C., before Christ, B.M., before Messiah, um, when you try to return to something to the old life, it's like, wow, this is, boy, this is too heavy. This is overwhelming. I can't handle this. And you try to get some control by going back to some familiar. It's not going to work. It's 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 just going to bring more frustration. It's going to be fruitless. Um, just follow. Could continue to follow the Lord's leading. Um, and when you do that, He will provide. Um, um, you know, as it's been said, and you can't find it in Scripture, but I think it's a true saying, that the will of the Lord will never lead you where his grace cannot keep you. And we saw back then the miraculous provision, the nets were breaking. This time the nets didn't break. Um, and that the closer you walk to him, the more we trust and obey him, the more he provides him. Who much is given? Uh, much is required and I think that who much is required much is given too that, that the more that we trust him the more we see him provide in the way he works um, secondly don't wait till you know you're super saint and have it all together to feel like you can serve him if the Lord calls you to something step out in faith you sure it's the Lord doing it um lines up with scripture and there's good godly counsel that god is calling you to do it do it you know uh p 
Peter didn't have to be absolutely in love with the Lord in order to be of service. He didn't have to have that unconditional sacrificial love. It was good enough that he liked the Lord a whole lot um, and was called into service. And and the Lord provides again, as we see there at the campfire. You know, bring some of the fish which you've caught. He could have. He invites us into fellowship, and into uh, being part of of service and provision. If you're one of these folks that you tried the Christian thing and then you went back to you know worldly stuff, what was familiar, and you're okay there. Uh, then I have to question whether or not you were ever in in Messiah, in Christ, that he was in you. Um, uh, don't think because you walked down an aisle or got baptized once or, you know, said a certain prayer that you're good with God and your eternal, uh, you know, future, your eternal destiny is secure. Uh, yes, salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Messiah, in Christ alone. Um, but the word tells us, as many as received him, believed in his name. And receiving him is just like you would receive someone into your home. Uh, you know, hey, make yourself at home. Can I get you something to drink? You know, put your feet up. Um, how can I serve you? Um you want, um, uh, you know, if you've received him uh, into your life, uh, you want to make sure that you've done that. Um, so I offer that to you. And with that, I will, of course, remind you as my beloved bride, beloved beautiful bride, there we go, three, she's all always calling me Hank. Um, handsome, hunky husband, so I need a three-word alliteration. Beloved, beautiful bride. There we go. Um, as she always tells you, uh, to be bold, to stand up, and to go with God because he loves you. And his love is unconditional. His love is sacrificial. No greater love has anyone than this, than the man laid down his life for his friends. And God demonstrates his own love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It's unmistakable that God loves you. And so, that's why we can be bold, stand up, and go with him. Because we know that he loves us. So be cool, be blessed, and uh, we'll catch you, Lord willing, uh, on Friday, whatever day that is. Well, today's the 13th, so 20th, 19th, 18th, 18th, <laughs> Friday the 18th, Lord willing, and, um, and he delays calling us home. We'll catch you on these same channels and the that evening. 7 p.m. Central. Good night. God bless. Goodbye.